The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Yeah, bruh. Welcome to Dudes One Double Feature. <laughs> that's that's that show in which two dudes talk two films and that's about it. You know? It's pretty righteous. By the way, I'm Dude One Richard. Yeah. And I'm Dude Two, Rigby Reardon. Dead men <laughs> don't wear plaid. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I like how you do something relevant and I'm just like job bro <laughs> there's no surfers in anything involved in what we're talking about today <laughs> i was almost gonna do like like like, like strickland um <laughs> back to the future <laughs> what you are you are... doing dude bud richard you are a disgrace to this whole podcast <laughs> just like your father he was a disgrace too he was a slacker oh come on you can't stop it <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome to the show everyone two dudes one yeah. double feature dude one richard here dude two joe dude over there two. joe yeah yeah that's me. yeah that's him mm-hmm. and uh we have a really fun as you can tell we're, we're in a good energy right now <laughs> we're, we got we, we got, have the energy <laughs> we have we're enough on this show um plus this is our our we're we're, we're, we got a lot like on our plate for this show right now, so this is like our post-vacation episode, I guess. Right? Is it after the vacation? Yeah, it's the day after a- day after we come home. Yeah, so we're we're getting this one we're getting this one ready to go, and this is a this is actually a delayed episode too. <laughs> this is this is one that's been on the plate for a really long time, so it's nice to finally get to it. Um, but before we get to it's a double feature. I have to ask, as always. Even though we literally did this, what, yesterday? Or two days ago? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> within that time span, how you doing? Well, actually, a lot at Like, I've done a lot of things, I should say, in the last couple of days. A lot of things can happen in, in two days, so. Uh, yesterday, I saw the new Haunted Mansion movie, speaking of our trip. I You haven't seen it as of you know us recording this no but um, eventually you've been i know you've been looking forward to it i think you will really enjoy it um if you're a fan of the ride there's plenty of like fun little easter eggs um you know the cast is good um you know it's a it's a it's a fun enough um movie i haven't seen the eddie murphy movie in a very long time so i know some people oh i think this is better this i i can't make that comparison no you know not not fairly anyway um so I mean, I was really into what is it the uh, the Muppet Haunted Mansion special they did for Disney Plus. That was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, but this is fun. It's, it's a fun movie, though. It like the middle of July or like end of July, I should really be saying. Like it's it's kind of strange. Like it should have been maybe like October or something. I feel like that, I feel well, like that happens a lot with 
movies like that, you know, that feel like they're just supposed to be at a certain time of year, but... And my thing is, like, this not that this is, like, a true blue, like, horror movie, but, like, horror movies come out all different parts of the year, but, like, yeah. I feel like something like this that's, like, geared towards, like, families and stuff should be at, like, that, that like, you know, fall, like, late September mm-hmm. in October. Kind of like what they do with Christmas movies where they come out, like, November. That way they're able to play out through the holiday season. Um, it's, I feel like it's, it's got, it's rough enough that it's coming out on the heels of Barbenheimer, you know? <sighs> Like, like, you know, it happens all like whenever a huge movie comes out, you always kind of like when if a, if a, if a movie, you, especially if something you like comes out the 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 week after, you're already like, damn it! Like I've been I've been seeing people talk about there's like a horror movie out called Cobweb. I've seen people really really dig that movie. Yeah, and like they're really into it, and yet like it came out like during Barbenheim, like during like I think the weekend it came out, so you know, got kind of buried from all that. And then, of course, there's, like, you know, the stuff with Mission Impossible and how, like, that, that people wish that that came out further away from Barbenheimer. Yeah. Um, though, I will say on that same note, that movie Talk to Me, which I've I've heard a lot of good things about, like, like it's, like, the next best thing in the horror genre period. Like, for a lot of, you know, the, the wave of Barbenheimer stuff around that one, that one's... I mean, that one also had a lot of good word of mouth from Sundance, too. Um, and it's from uh, some YouTube guys, which is pretty fun, too. That's but interesting. At the very least, that one's that one's doing pretty well for itself. But, like, you know, it does kind of suck, like, all these other movies. And so I hope Haunted Mansion uh, is able to, to get away from that a little bit. But, you know, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, um... And then I saw I, I saw that, and then today I saw Oppenheimer again. So speaking like, of Barbenheimer, <laughs> speaking of Barbenheimer, I'm going to see Barbie tomorrow. Um, but I I saw it today with my brother at our regular our local IMAX theater. Um, so it's not because last time I saw it, seventy millimeter IMAX. Um, and uh, he really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, especially the second time because that last hour, people talk about how they're like, okay, after the bomb, it's like what, but watching it this time it was like it was real it was riveting like mm-hmm. really good stuff i uh, really like a movie I, I i really can't stop i mean barbie's also great too obviously um but oppenheimer is really one of those like that and like asteroid city are movies where i i constantly think about them for different reasons um but they're both existential <laughs> oh, like favorite <laughs> movies this year are like really like there's some existentialism going on uh which if you told high school me that uh, he'd be like, "No fucking way," because I hate. I, I read. I read Albert Camus' *The Stranger*, and I'm like, "This has got to be the worst book I've ever read in my life." <laughs> it was like about, it was about existentialism. Not to get into a whole uh, tangent about existentialism. Uh, it's it's more like self self realization, maybe, or like just being more aware of yourself. Yeah, for you, I think, because yeah, I I I think I think like for myself, I watch so many movies that I like. If I, if I was younger, I wouldn't have given this, like, a second thought, or I wouldn't have given this time of day, but, like, now I'm, like, I was dumb when I was, when I was a teenager. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't know anything, but I acted like I knew everything, like any other teenager, so I'm, like, yeah, nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I just like what I like, and now I'm gonna just be okay with it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head if there was anything... 
Did I... I watched Invaders from Mars. I don't think I talked about that on a recent recording. I don't... I can't remember if you did, if I'm being honest. Well, it was... So no! I went to Forbidden... You, I think you, I think you did, because you talked about, because you talked about how Mars attacks, like how it would have paired well with that. Oh. I don't know if, I don't know if that was recorded, but I know we talked about it. Well, in any case, I recommend it highly. It's from Ignite, um, I believe that's the the label name. I got mm-hmm. it. I got the disc at uh, Forbidden Planet because I was asking the guy at the, at the register, like, okay, you know, I, I was asking about some sets they had. He's like, no, but he saw some of the stuff I was picking up. I was picking up like Lugosi, Karloff, some double feature, and then like the beast uh cursed beast of Caroso or whatever and mm. he's like i can recommend this and it's the invaders from mars blu-ray and i'm like uh yeah i'm getting that i'm coming out <laughs> to start with that and it, it's one of a really great blind buy um definitely a movie i do want to get on the show at some point um because william karen menzies really interesting filmmaker also production designer did the production design for gone with the wind uh, if you've ever seen um things to come I did that as well, mm-hmm. and uh, this movie—it's it, really a, a a great '50s science fiction alien invasion movie with a, a like a sort of dreamlike, really a dreamlike atmosphere. With very like certain shots are just kind of like like they're just ingrained in my mind, right? Because um, they're so like otherworldly and strange. Um. But yeah, if I didn't talk about it, I, I'm just I'm gonna ring this movie's endorsement. It, it's great. Um, <laughs> check it out. It's it, they did a great job restoring it as well. And um, yeah, that's that's really really about it. How are you doing? Um, I guess the same as last time we did this. <laughs> I don't know. There's not much as not much has changed. Um, I haven't. I I don't feel like I've done a whole hell of a lot. You know, right now I'm just kind of, I'm in like two head spaces right now. Well, like it's Friday, which is crazy because I'm usually working right now. I, like literally at 6.10, I'd be working right now, but somehow yeah. I got it off. I work, to, I work all day tomorrow, so I'm kind of dreading that, but at least I'm like off the next day. So I'm not like, I, I'm in a pretty good position with my job that, you know, I'm very comfortable with and like, you know, every so often little things happen, but at the end of the day, like I can't complain. Like I'm, I'm. I'm pretty well off and, you know, I'm usually working the bar and I get good tips. So, you know, I can't, I can't really say, I I have my little things, but I can't say much. Um, but it is kind of, it is sort of weird. Like, I'm just like, I'm not used to just being right here, right now (laughs) on a Friday. It feels, it feels like Thursday. Like, I don't feel like I've been home the last three days, if I'm being honest, because, because Wednesday was all day spent with, with Oppenheimer, and then immediately recording with you, and then I was like, huh. and then, <laughs> and then yesterday it's like, because we're also like, a, like I was saying, we're trying to do like a whole bunch of things for the show at once, and you know, just to get ourselves in a good position. So that's like one of my headspaces, and then my other headspace is just like vacation stuff, yeah. you know, getting ready for that. Because um, like next week I get paid, so I'm gonna be able to. Um, get everything that I need and get my check bags ready and get uh, myself packed. And then also because I'm seeing Haunted Mansion on Sunday with my sister who is going on our trip, not with us, but like as well as us. Um, I'm going to talk to her and see if there's anything she would want to do while she's there. Cause I know she said, uh, her boyfriend, Mark, uh, doesn't really like Disney. So there's like a question of whether or not she'll even 
go to any of the parks but i would like her to go you know yeah because that would be fun at the very least i would like to do like a magic kingdom day or like an evening with her or something because we gotta i feel like i have to ride the little mermaid ride with her you know what i mean like like all the other rides like yeah it'd be cool like to go on pirates and haunted mansion and all that stuff that i love i would love to do that with her but like but she's a big she's big little mermaid she's a big little mermaid fan it's like that and then also if this if there was still a stitch ride we would do that too but um oh oh. (laughs) (laughs) my phone vibrated um i keep forgetting to do to turn the vibration off but um but no she uh she's a big stitch fan as well Last time, because like last time we went to Disney, I, I I feel like every time for the most part I've gotten some sort of Stitch related thing for her. Yeah. So I got that Halloween one. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Um, but now, but because like one of the fun things about our trips is that like I, I I feel like I can spoil my sister a little bit and get her a bunch of stuff. But now she's gonna know because I like the surprise. I like to be dramatic and build it up and stuff because that's who I am as a person. I like to go, ah. <laughs> But now I can't do it, so she has to like not see if I'm doing anything. Um, this is what this is why you should just send me off. And I'll just look. <laughs> things. I'll just make like a, we'll just like make a grocery list. I'll be like Joey, here's my card. Take it and go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spend anything on yourself unless I say it's oh. okay, which I always will. <laughs> no, what's what's helpful is I have the annual pass, so I can get I can get discounts. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so that'll, that'll have to be the plan. Um, but no, that's that's sort of where my head is right now. Uh, outside of that, um, I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot. You finally got some stuff that I sent you. Uh, one of them is a birthday gift, an early birthday gift I sent you. Because yes. um, one of them is was like a collectible popcorn bucket that was... Um, it got hot on uh, TikTok, so it like sold out everywhere. I feel like movie theaters have gotten especially uh, create, like especially like creative with popcorn buckets. I think on one hand because of theme parks, on another yeah. hand because of you know like the COVID era we live in, and so like to do anything to get people to come in, and so I feel like AMC, Cinemark, Regal, you know all these all these guys have release like these crazy popcorn buckets and i saw cinemark um was doing uh, a haunted mansion one and i was like oh i'm gonna get one i want to get one of those but i want to get one for joey as well because i know he goes to an amc so i don't know if i mean i think i know you have a cinemark near you but i'm like i'm gonna do it anyway because i'm gonna be nice yeah um so i i got uh i was lucky enough and i got uh two of them and I sent one to Joey, and the whole time though I was so nervous because it's like it's it's the Madame Leota like crystal ball, but it's like this hollow plastic thing with a light yeah. at the end of the day, and so I was really nervous that it would break or like shatter, and it it did get cracked, but it did. but but it's it, it's 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 pretty much intact. It's kind of yeah. you know I kind of think about it like the. Um, the Kong po- Kong poster you got me. Yeah, uh, it's got a little, little rip in it, but it gives little a character, little character, but it, it's not destroyed or anything. It's just like okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> are you wait? Are you are you wearing the other thing I got you? I was yes. So just Ooh. Get, there's no per- you know there's no practical purpose, uh, but it is pretty cool. I might it's, just wear this out. That's that's just um, stylish. I think to, to, 
just just describe this. So Richard is. I think you've um, almost every trip you've gotten a new. I think is it every trip you've gotten a new magic band? Pretty much. Like, well, I have, I have three. So I got a, I got the green one, the first time. Then the second time I wasn't really planning on it because I was waiting because I think they didn't they didn't officially release the Magic Band Plus, but they had announced it, and yeah. I wanted to get one. So then our sure. so then our trip after that. I got the 50th anniversary one, like one of like the like the ones that they showed off when they initially released it, and then. But I might make up for it because there's one more that I want to get, so I'm gonna get that when we show up there. The the like like Hatbox Ghost one, but right now, the most recent one I got is an Avatar one that I thought was pretty cool, and. I got I got one for Joey's birthday because we're actually as we've said before our first day of the trip is in fact Joey's actual birthday and I wanted to get get him something nice though you want to tell him how I did that <laughs> the, the cruel thing that I did it, so because <laughs> you were trying to you were trying to sneakily do it I feel like at first I was it just yeah. wasn't it wasn't working so I got this, scared this, this mad lad does instead of being a sensible person being like all right, I'll just PayPal you, and you could just, you know, whatever. <laughs> he th- now listen. I've known Richard for like <laughs> close to ten years. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, I'm still, according to some sources, uh, which will remain nameless, I'm just a guy from New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. There's no, no, it is. There's no yeah. ill will. It's just what it is, right? Yeah. So, it's a so fact. This. this <laughs> I still can't believe this. I, I, I don't even know if I want to... Uh, I'm going to say it. You gave me your card information, which I don't remember. Good. Because I've had COVID, I don't remember diddly squat anymore. <laughs> and I basically bought my own gift, in a way. With my money. Yeah. With your money. Yeah. Uh, but I want to describe, because this thing's really awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Disney fan. You guys should know that. Um, especially like park stuff, the park stuff. And yeah, this is of figment little purple dragon at Epcot. And he's wearing his uh, iconic yellow sweater and it's got the Epcot, like a Epcot logos all of like the living, the old retro, like living seas logo, world of motion, um, spaceship earth. And it's got like, you know, really cool tap point. Uh, and and the the thing with magic band plus is that it lights up. So like, it's cool to see because it lights up. It's themed to the Magic Band, so it lights as figment purple, as it says on the app. Mm-hmm. I just paired it today. So, uh, again, thank you, Richard. This is pretty You're awesome, welcome. and it is uh, like I was not intending to get because I had my Muppet one that I'm just like I've had since. It's a, it, it's a really good one too. The Muppet it's a one really good. It, it's a really good one, and I typically am like, okay, if that's a nice one I purchase, I want to use it for a bunch of trips. But this is a good uh, excuse to change it up. So, thanks. Is yes, it was. Is stylish. It fit you perfectly, because like if there's like as far as like park specific things, um, not like you know the IP like Disney characters, but like park specific characters, like Figment is definitely would he would you say he's like your favorite of like the park specific characters? Gosh, it's so hard to say. Um, I I, mean, I feel like if if you had if you were like held at gunpoint, like pick one, I feel like that would well, be like your knee jerk reaction. Well, Figment Figment's a very popular one. Yeah, you know, but like speaking I love, of popcorn buckets, popcorn that was huge. Oh boy, <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, because obviously there's Big Al on Country Bears, 
I love. Oh yeah, you do uh, love the country bears, yeah. And Carousel Progress. Remember, I'm a huge <laughs> Carousel Progress. Uh, honestly if there was a carousel of progress option because the way that we did it because like there's the magic bands that you can get on like shop disney on their main website then there's the ones you can get through like you know if you have a trip coming up because like you can actually buy normally it was like you know uh what do you call it uh the word the complimentary it used to be complimentary like the base the really basic ones used to be complimentary yeah um pre like yeah, pretty much pre pre COVID they were. Yeah. Um, so like, so like now you have to like pay for them, but like you get you get more options with this. So if there was a Country Bears one, or especially a Carousel of Progress one, which so far as I could see there wasn't, um, I would have immediately I think got probably Carousel of Progress just because especially because we have like a spe- like specific we memories very, with that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's it's just I, I just i have like a sense memory and it's like you know it's one of those things where if i could do if i could do any disney attraction drop it would probably that would probably be my top five yeah because the current version of figment it's i do it because i like figment but it's but it's also like it's in desperate need of like a it, yeah. refresh and i'm it hoping that the next I, i'm hoping the next couple of years because supposed to bring in a figment meet and greet supposed to be this year or next year at um disney world and um i mean look you know it would be nice if the if disney was like hey let's improve upon an in-park ip instead of like just putting in you know the hot thing at the moment um right you know but in any case this is a really cool really dope magic band um it's it's you you know me very well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean i've known you for so long i hope i hope that i learned something at least a little bit you know though though when you said that it immediately made me think of like our little stupid video things that we do whenever we're at disney so like if you ever want to follow us on like our socials we have like our individual pages and stuff um i'll post a video from like one of the trips like the first one i did was like a snapchat video i did where it was like the first it, it was all based around the idea that it was the very first uh day in disney world at galaxy's edge and we went and i went a little crazy i bought uh, you know i did savvy's workshop i built a lightsaber i bought a tunic i got a belt i got the whole i got, I got the whole get up and uh we're back in our room and i like joey here <laughs> i need you to record this and it just me me behind the camera going so joey how'd you like galaxy's edge and then I told Joey to be like, well, it was pretty dope, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did, that it cuts to me, lightsaber in hand, tunic on wrong, actually, but it makes it funnier for me. Um, and I go, how can you tell? <laughs> then we did it again for Avatar. So uh, with with the figment band on, I must ask, so Joey, <laughs> you have to, it'd be like Joey has to ask me, so how'd you like Journey into Imagination? It was pretty dope, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did. How can you tell? though there is one thing i do when i i don't know if it's there but like you know they've like little shoulder like plushies for things Mm. there's a figment there's a figment one it's it's like magnet it's like i think it's like 30 bucks and i'm like okay that's 30 bucks but it's figment on my shoulder that is a priceless experience (laughs) that listen that lasts forever that is uh that that that's what i need (laughs) if you want to go by the mastercard commercials figment on my shoulder 30 bucks figment with me forever 
<laughs> My dog is here, by the way. Hi, dog. Oh, dog. So, but listen, folks. Speaking of Disney, we actually have a really exciting double feature, and I say that only because of our second feature. But we'll get to that. Um, but no, this has been an episode in the works for quite some time. First and foremost, uh, Joe Dinny Dan and I are big fans of one Mr. Steve Martin. What we could argue. We've enjoyed a lot of his stuff. Like recently he has a show um, that we're both like huge fans of, uh, Only Murders in the Building. Yep. I don't know if we've talked about that extensively, but I imagine we've brought it up maybe once or twice on the show. Right. Um, there's definitely two dudes energy, and it's a show about a podcast, so it feels very relevant to us. If anything, Joey would be Steve Martin, and I'd be Martin Short. I don't think there's any any. Uh... Though, though there was that one clip where Steve Martin was was, was the way he was talking. I'm like, this is Richard, and then Martin Short was like, "Think of the memes." Think of the memes. I said that to you, and I was like, "This is the one time it switched." And one time it switched. All other times, it, it is like, "I am Steve Martin. You're Martin." Short. <laughs> Oh my god, we don't have a Selena though. I guess I guess maybe Allison would be Selena if anything, or Wiki. Wiki could be tie dye guy. He could be tie dye guy. Oh god. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh, if you if you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, good thing he's not Paul Rudd. Oh no. <laughs> It turns out he's actually like Meryl Streep. <laughs> but no, we're big we're big Steve Martin guys and we wanted to do kind of a, a Steve Martin themed episode and then it led to us effectively doing like this episode where we would show each other things. Like we we do that we do this every so often on the show. And so um this first feature is Joey's pick to show me a movie that he discovered and uh, has become a huge favorite of his. Joe Denny Dan, what is our first Steve Martin feature today? Today, uh, we are talking about the 1982 uh, Carl Reiner directed Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. I have no idea what that means. Neither do I. But anyway. <laughs> now we can talk about something completely different. Yes. Uh before we get, because, you know, I've never seen the, we took, we're, oh, we're big Steve Martin fan. I've never seen The Jerk, which I know mm. is is beloved by some people, and, you know, it's, Carl Reiner. It's, it's a pretty funny movie, actually. There's one line um, at the be, there's one line at the beginning of the movie, I won't say it, but, again, if you know, you know, but I think about it a lot. <laughs> right. Um, but this, but this is directed by Carl Reiner, Carl Reiner and Steve Martin co-wrote with, uh, George Gipe, um, and, you know, Carl Reiner, again, may rest in peace, dude passed a couple years ago, but ju just a monumental figure when you think about it. Like, mm -hmm. just the, the amount of things he did, created the Dick Van Dyke show, like, <laughs> you know, um, and, but this, you know, this particular movie, you know, I, I almost feel like in, in some, because we talked about Young Frankenstein on here. Yeah, and I feel like in some ways it's kind of in a sim a, a somewhat similar vein to Young Frankenstein. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, this is basically Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, 
is a like a sort of spoof um, take on uh, film noir. But the the real like sort of quote unquote gimmick to it is that they revolve the story around clips that they got from other older black and white movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll see Humphrey Bogart from like Dark Passage. Um, Cary Grant shows up in it. Cary Grant from Suspicion. Um, You'll have Vincent Price and Charles Lawton from The Bribe. Ingrid Bergman in Notorious. Ava Gardner. um, Ava Gardner. um, Fred McMurray in Double Indemnity. You know, so like Steve Martin, like there are actual characters in the movie, but that that Steve Martin interacts with, but like he is interacting with, <laughs> he's interacting with like Ray Milland from The Lost Weekend. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just um, it, I remember watching it years ago. Uh, shout out to my buddy Sam, he showed this because we were both we we're both really into film noir. He's he's a big fan of especially um, was it Out of the Past, Robert, mm-hmm. Robert Mitchum in that uh, great movie, but. We watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so fun. This is just so funny, because it's just like, oh, I know Humphrey Bogart. I know Cary Grant. Yeah, I know Edward <laughs> Bergman. Um, but, and then years pass, and I, I think this, I might have revisited it, I think, during COVID. Because um, like, Blu-ray think, came out? Well, I got the digital copy of it, because it okay. was cheap. I got a digital copy. I don't want to say during COVID. Like, the like lockdown? The pandemic. Yeah, lockdown. Yeah. Thank you. Um so I got it on digital for pretty cheap, and I rewatched it. I'm like, this is pretty funny. And then I got it on Blu-ray because Kino Lorber put it on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I've been able to watch it a couple times. You were you were so excited when that when that announcement came. I remember you going, "Dude, you have no idea." <laughs> we may have even <laughs> talked about it in an episode, like how excited you were for it. We yeah, we probably we probably did. Um, but yeah, it, it's so obviously like from that standpoint. Obviously, we talked about stuff like. Maltese Falcon on here. You and I personally talked about like double indemnity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just one of those things. It's just one of those movies where there is that appeal, but also I just think it is really funny. Um, <laughs> and it plays up because, like, it's so many of these film noir, like film noir, noir stories, like the, the the private eye of the detective is a piece of shit. Yeah. Usually, like, <laughs> Sam, Sam Sam Spade. You would not want Sam Spade to be your best friend. No, honestly, he's not a guy that you'd you know? want to like sit down with a drink and listen to like the ball game on the radio or nothing. Um, and then like, what was it like, uh, in kiss me dead, like Mike hammer, like, Oh God, what a, what a, that's a great movie too. Kiss me deadly, but like, what a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. But like in this movie, they really like play that up to like sort of like cartoonish levels, but also like it really emphasizes how uncomfortable (laughs) some of these, like the first scene, I was so worried, dude. That first scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> do, uh, do, do you want me to explain what happens? Yes, I, I, I want you to oh, your no. experience with this, please. All right. So, so the first opening scene comes comes about, and um, we're introduced to Rigby, or right, Rigby is his name. Rigby Reardon. Rigby Reardon is Steve Martin's character, and he's talking to. Um, uh, his his initial client he meets, who's uh, Rachel Ward's character, who is Juliet. Uh, Juliet, um, and I forget what instigates her passing out, but she I think does it she gets hit in the head or something. I don't remember. Yeah, um, she so she uh, she passes out. He catches her, and then of course he realizes, holy shit, wow, she's gorgeous. Oh. 
is it was it the newspaper? I because I, I, my brain is like, the news was it the. I was trying to remember because like there was the article about her dad. Yeah. In, in but, the paper, but anyway. Yeah. So he realizes, oh wow, she's beautiful, and of course, <laughs> the first thing he does is full on Sleeping Beauty her <laughs> and kisses her uh, <laughs> while she's passed out. So you know, good guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, to add uh, to add some uh, kerosene to the fire, if you will, uh, he flops her on the couch, looks at her very creepily, and then starts groping her 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 breasts. <laughs> And she wakes up and she's like, what are you doing? And then, of course, what instigates, like, you know, oh, okay, they're making fun of it as opposed to, like, it's just a really terrible thing to do. Um, he goes, I'm adjusting your breasts. When you fell, <laughs> they fell out of place. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I saw that happen because I knew that was coming, too. I knew, like, so, but then, like, the second part I, I did not see, like, him, like, just full-on groping her, but of course, I'm like, he's gonna do it, isn't he? Sick, <laughs> sick, sick, sick. And my so my he, favorite thing in that scene is that when he, like, shakes her. He's just like... <laughs> he's just like <laughs> and um, so, the whole time we're watching the movie, it's gonna be, I, I don't mean to jump immediately to the very end of the movie, uh, because it happens again. Because, like, at one point, like, he accidentally punches, well, not accidentally, he, like, punches her in the face because he assumes it's somebody else. And then he right. does it again, but this time it seems more sincere. Like, they actually fell out of place, and so he goes, Oh no, your breasts are out of alignment again! <laughs> so then, later on in the movie, um, after all is said and done, and they, like, fall in love, you just see you just hear him go, Ooh, ah! What was that? And she goes, I was adjusting your willy. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes! <laughs> like thank goodness I'm like if that didn't happen I would have just been like no <laughs> well, I, and also like obviously this is Steve Martin so Steve episode so he's really funny but like Rachel Ward in this movie mm -hmm. incredible she's so she's good got incredible voice um and she plays I, the kind of like I, she's she's like a mixture of like femme fatale but like damsel in distress a little bit and she like really plays yeah. it up and is really funny at times too <laughs> um yeah she's very good uh then there's um carl reiner actually is in the movie initially he plays like a butler but then he, like it's revealed he's like a nazi like general <laughs> or something <laughs> like okay what <laughs> it made it made me think of i i'd recently rewatched the frighteners and there was, like, a this really, like, offbeat character in the movie. And at one point, like, he raises his hand and you see a swastika. And I'm like, I don't... Like, because he has, like, the Hitler hair. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so maybe he's a Nazi. But then it turns out he's he's he was just, like, you know... It, it makes sense when you watch the movie. But, like, it, it made me think of that because I was like, I didn't expect this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah they really they really do play off the like the tropes of you know film noir like i i love i love the scene when um cuz throughout the movie he's talking about how uh he is it, he's very much in love with juliet but he can't actually like do anything about it because uh marlo his partner who's humphrey bogart um, marlo yeah. yeah uh um he's like don't fall in love with a client never fall in love with a client stop it 
And um, so he's like monologuing, you know, as you do in film, in like a film noir situation, narrating how like he is in love with her, and then she responds to the narration. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, no this this movie's this movie's a pretty good time. So, um, yeah. it's did did you have like a favorite um, interaction? with the um with the old, old oh like the film. clips the clips that i i can name like w- two or three instances where i'm like this is like so damn funny <laughs> well you know what's funny that you know I, I thought you know the whole thing was funny but like what i loved is that they didn't inherently try to find clips that made sense like yeah like none of like every single clip intentionally does not fit <laughs> And so it just it just made it funnier. So like, you know, Steve Martin would just would just respond to whatever the clip was, but it wouldn't really make a lot of sense. But it just made it funnier. Yeah, especially like with Marlo with the tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they they like. There's definitely times you could tell like they were like, okay, we should maybe like have something here, you know, just for it to make sense somewhat in the narrative. But at the same time, it's like, you know. Like I love the bit when, just because they needed it to match, when Vincent Price shows up, he puts on a pajama shirt. Other than that, nothing else. Like, like, like oh, yeah. let me put this on. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, like, like, um, like one of the first phone calls he has, like the. Oh. The woman's like angry, and he's like, "Calm down. We're not. What are you? What are you freaking out for? You need to teach your sister some some phone cur- phone courtesy. <laughs> phone courtesy. <laughs> that one's one of my, that one's one of my favorites. I love when he like he he dresses in drag a couple times in this movie, um, which it, that could be like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite ones is when he he goes visits uh, James Cagney from White Heat, and he's like. <laughs> He's like he pretends to be his mom. He's like now saying no, no, ma, or like something like that. And then he go, he just says the same line again. <laughs> um, I like that that like dragged out so far that he just was like stuck in the the trunk of the car. He's like, I need air holes. <laughs> All right. Or I, I love. Um, I, I I mean again, obviously the, one of the fu- is like when he's dressed up like he's Barbara Stanwyck in Double Indemnity and he's meeting Fred McMurray. <laughs> that whole thing. Um, I love when he meets Veronica Lake. She's like the, this blonde. He's like, she doesn't have the words I can't in her vocabulary. And he asks her to do the thing. And she goes, I can't. I, I literally was like, I know exactly where this is going. It's still funny. But I'm like, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, liked, I liked the one time he's like pretending to be Cagney's like mom or whatever. Because that's the only person he's, he's willing to talk to. Or whatever, yes. and then like he has his heart to heart with Juliet. <laughs> then they just start kissing, like because they fa- they finally admit their love. And then you just see the security guard going, "Oh," it's <laughs> <just>, like, <laughs> and then he like just completely goes back into character. No one says anything. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh <laughs> my god, um, I'm trying to remember what was the the one like. Um, really there was like a line where she was like do you know how to do this uh, you just gotta do i forgot what the because i know what that's sort of alluding to 
because um, there's like a famous. Sorry, uh, I was trying to remember like what that was specifically. Um, if I remember, I'll put it in. But like, there's because it's sort of a callback to, um, sorry, uh, to have and have not with Bogart and Bacall, where he's like, you know how to you know how to whistle, don't you? See? Oh, put your lips together and blow. The you can if you want to if you want me to say something different in the edit, we can work that out. But the fingering joke. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, where she's like, you know how to dial a phone, don't you? you stick your finger in the yeah. hole and you move it around in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That um, was that live delivery. I'm like, damn. <laughs> but I also like just really like inside jokes. Like when he meets Charles Law, he's like, the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> it's like Amadeus. <laughs> Yes, it's like it's like it's like last <laughs> last, last action, action hero. hero. <laughs> oh, you man. killed but Mozart. I, I, Who? <laughs> I love the running jokes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like it's not funny that he beats up uh, he beats up Rachel Ward, but it's really funny that whenever somebody says "cleaning woman," oh, like, he, he goes Steve into Martin, like a frenzy, a frenzy, and like the music. Miklos Roja does the music here, who, who's who been on our show before, uh, Thief of Baghdad. It's like, mm. I think it was like, this was last film. And the music that plays, and he's like going into his frenzy. <laughs> so Cleaning cool. woman. Cleaning <laughs> woman! <laughs> but the best is when he has to mouth woman. And he says, cleaning. <laughs> cleaning woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what helps him at the end of the movie against Carl Reiner. <laughs> I like, you know what? I like that it, it, it all led to something, you know? Just, just like the adjusting of the breasts led to adjusting of the willy. But also, speaking of suggestive things, but she takes out the bullet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he gets shot in the same spot in his arm, and so she's just really good at sucking out things. And so she just sucks the bullet out, and she's like, it's a useful thing. I can do it for many it, it's good for It's good for snake bites, so it's good for, also good for many things. <laughs> like, again, that, like, femme fatale like like she's she does a really funny job like playing up like the sexy stuff but like making it so specific and so like holy shit <laughs> um i i know i mentioned miklos rosa did the score edith head did the costumes for this movie this was her last film mm-hmm. and she did a lot of like costume work back in the day and she's the inspiration I believe the inspiration for edna mode in uh, uh, incredibles okay so that's cool um so yeah, just little thing of note, and it's not it's fitting that her final project is like a, a send up all those like film noir, mm-hmm. um, you know, movies from like the forties and fifties. Um, I did want to bring this up because um, while like the use of the clips, it's so funny, and like the it's obviously great, just kind of amusing to think of a movie like there's a movie technically a movie where like Steve Martin shares scenes sort of with Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> there's also. <laughs> It, this most recent screen, viewing of it, it made me. Uh, I was thinking about the recent things oh, in Hollywood, with, like yeah. We were talking about this a little bit after we watched the movie, like how you know in Rogue One, we bring back we bring back Tarkin, and it looks like Peter Cushing, but it's like a digital recreation, mm-hmm. or um, you know, the Flash is like the big example. Not working. yeah. I don't want to get into that too much, but like yeah. the Flash has a lot has that in that one in that one scene especially. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's strange when you when you like because you watch this and 
you know, like you were mentioning some of the people like Vincent Price, who shows up in this one in like a clip from an old movie is still alive because he didn't, he, his last movie was Edward Scissorhands, I believe. And that didn't, mm-hmm. and that didn't come out until what, like, like 1990. 90. Yeah. Um, it was, so, it was a little later. It was like 94, I want to say 93, 94. Cause, cause he passed in 93. Price. Oh, he might have. He, I think he made maybe even done like a couple other little things, but I know like as far as like major stuff that was one of his last ones was yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward hands. Um, but uh, like you watch this and it, you don't feel like it's inherently. No, it's ninety. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't ever question me with Tim Burton stuff. I'm burdened with this knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like ninety, because he died in ninety three, and I'm yeah. like, if that was like his last thing, he must have been really like not well at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but like it is, it is sort of strange to like watch this because I was thinking about it too, but maybe not as much. Like, uh, like there was like a brief moment I was like, you know what, this is kind of interesting. Um, because these days it's just become such a thing. It feels like 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 Ghostbusters Afterlife did it with Harold Ramis. Um. You know, obviously Rogue One, The Flash had a bunch of cameos from different actors, and it was and it wasn't like they showed clips or anything. Maybe like some audio stuff, but it was all like digital recreations of things, and it just felt yeah. really weird. Like, yeah. like it wasn't like like this is inherently doing it for for parody. Say, it's like in a way, it's similar to to like a commentary channel talking about something and showing clips in a way right but but in this way it's doing it from a narrative standpoint and like you know similar to you know i think of like steve odenkirk when he did the kung pao enter the fist because he did something very similar in that regard um but uh but these days you know when tarkin shows up in rogue one it's like a narrative thing it's like it's like inherently important to the story and i get that that character is important and you know it's not weird when like the character shows up in like animation or anything but when you're trying to digitally recreate an actor who's you know unfortunately been dead for some time and you know the conversation comes about like you know oh well the family said it was okay it's like well the only person that i think it really matters opinion wise is the person in question but they can't say anything and it feels strange and then it leads to like conversations with like you know, stuff with, you know, why actors and writers are striking right now with AI and, you know, background actors being generated and likenesses being used. You know, it's, 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 I, I, I will, I will, I will say that it is cool to see like technology grow, but it is, you know, scary when the, when the people in power who have control over that stuff make these kinds of decisions. Yeah. And it, and it's... it makes it, it makes it, uncomfortable and a bit scary and and angry it makes you angry admittedly right and you know i don't know if there's like a question too of like residuals as well because some of these people were still alive uh Mm. when they did this and some you know different films and different like all that it's it's an interesting thing to have but at, at the very least it's like it is at least presenting something that they did yeah versus like versus when i watch that clip of the flash and you see the CGI Christopher Reeve come down. I know for a fact that's not him. No, that it's is not, just you know. that is. Whereas when I'm watching this, 
it's, you know, yeah, I know Steve Martin's not actually talking to Humphrey Bogart, but I know the clips that they are using are Humphrey Bogart, and they're not trying to recreate his face either. Mm-hmm. Whenever they have somebody, like, in the scene, they just, they show their back or something, you know, or it's like, it's it's done, because the limita- cause the limitations back then, it's it's, they're able to do it in a way that is more tasteful. It's more tasteful, and then, like, in context, like, one thing I do like about this, and then we talked about this last action hero as well. Like this is definitely like you can tell, even as they say at the end of the movie, like these people love the genre. You know, they're making fun of it. It's a spoof, but it's it's from a point of of respect and a point of love. And you know, they're not they're not doing it to be hateful or anything. Nah, you know, there's obviously like you said that question of residuals, and so you hope maybe you know some someone got paid, but um, uh. It, it definitely doesn't feel like, you know, they're they're doing it for nostalgia's sake or like a cash grab or anything. Like like nothing about the movie felt like like how it feels when you see that stuff used. And like, like, like it's Yeah. Like cuz when you when you have like something like like the Flash, like the inherent the reason only reason why you would show any of that stuff, not not to keep dragging the Flash, but like no, yeah, you yeah. would show any of that stuff is for like like the Comic Con or the nostalgia, like the nostalgia points. Whereas this, you know, again, you're actually using those mm. actors, like they're at that act, the actors work and just so, slightly recontextualize. It's more, it's more of a remix. Um, yeah, it's it's like it it's yeah. I think that's actually a really good way to put it. The the remix angle, like you know, like a musician using. It's you know like like a like a particular beat or a track from like a famous song and then they sampling sample, it, sampling like yeah sampling some, right um, um, like it, it it makes you wonder like if they were to do this today you know I don't imagine they would have done because it wouldn't have really made sense I think to have done like CGI recreations but it definitely makes you wonder if they did do a movie like this um, and they decided to do like digital recreations like. That would have made it significantly less funny, I think, for one. Yes. And it would have made it significantly less meaningful or um it would have it wouldn't have felt like it would it would have felt like it was banking on something as opposed to like celebrating or, you know, spoofing to celebrate something. And like Yeah. It, it's um but but also it's like because there's no challenge. No, there's there's like there's, there's no not. challenge at that point. Whereas this, they had to they had to think about okay, how are we going to design this room this room in this space to make it look like this movie from 1947? How yeah. are we going to design the co- the costuming to make it look like it's it's actually the like it looks like the jacket Humphrey Bogart is wearing, you know? So there's a lot more, or even like no even like with... shot composition. I think like like pl- like yeah. uh, blocking because like. You know, there's there's scenes where um, it's supposed to be Humphrey Bogart's in the same room as Steve Martin, and obviously you can tell they had to block it in a way so that they can really make it seem like you know he's in the room with him. But at the same time, I feel like because they shot it the way they did, it makes it somewhat funnier because you can tell it's not like together. Right. Yeah. Because um, like, there's no way they could have just immediately been like, okay, let's just. Re- replicate every single thing including like the type of film they used or like let's do beat for beat for beat but it almost makes it that much funnier because it's like slightly off Mm -hmm. um but like that was all planned i had to think about all that you know whereas 
you know, everybody else is like, you know, it would be cool. What if Harold Ramis showed up at the end of this? <laughs> or, right. you know, what if, uh, what if, uh, what if we got Tarkin? Cause we, you know, we need Tarkin. We can't just recast him, but we have the technology. Let's put his face. Let's put the actual Tarkin on someone's face. And it's weird. It's, it's very, it's very strange if we enter this. And you know what else I think too is like something that what's cool about this is that the is the credits where it tells you each movie that yeah. that, they, that they borrowed from like like um you know obviously like Charles Lawton and Vincent Price were in The Bribe and um you know some people were in Glass Key Cagney and White Heat you know so I I think if there's somebody who likes like this movie and they're like oh I wonder where that's from. They they can at least at the I know you have Wikipedia now to look that up but like if you're thinking like a 1982 you know but now you don't have to whoever now you never have to but like yeah. it's a, it is just kind of cool that they're like hey this is you can check the you can try to check these out that um, is really somewhere. cool and I th- and I think that is always awesome too like the curiosity aspect of, of that too which I think sometimes is is sometimes is lacking with certain things um, yeah but I also that's also funny with the credits too is they enter they they put in like the like the actual people who were actually in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, yeah. um, like uh, let me just remember his name real quick. Uh, pull it up real quick. Uh, oh, the guy from yeah, Randy Randy Santoni um, as Carlos Rodriguez. It's just in the middle of it, and then it's just like another old you know old Hollywood actor. <laughs> he's uh, spliced in the middle. <laughs> but I also love like he's just like the next plate is four hours, which gives me enough time to iron <laughs> iron your uh, your pajamas. <laughs> Like, oh my god. It's so funny. Um but I'm glad you really enjoyed this movie. This was one I was very worried about. Really? I was, yes. Okay. Uh just just cuz I think I think if the the adjusting the boob <laughs> angle was like <laughs> I was like oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it all worked out because I mean, it was it definitely it was played for uh, as parody, for one, and then it helped that at the end of the movie she got to adjust him. Yeah, though I would like a payoff. At least it, pay it was off. a payoff for it. Yeah, I would have liked to, you know, if they actually got a shot of her just like <laughs> just full on, just going for it. But um, I I was happy with that. I I had a really good time with it. I, I will yeah. say I had no clue what the story was. I still don't. Something about Carlotta or something. Friend, well, friends of Carlotta. <laughs> Enemies you know, of Carlotta. EO, EOC, FOC, Fuck. <laughs> well, a man and a woman like each other. <laughs> it's a slang term. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This. Oh. I also, on that note, I liked every time like he did something witty. She was like, you're so smart. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. No, um, I really liked it. It was it was really funny. It made me think of like, you know, like I was saying, like Kung Pao, but it also gave me kind of like like Austin Powers vibes and how like Austin Powers sort of is a parody of James Bond in a way. Mm. Um, so it was definitely in that ballpark. So I, I had a good time. I'd watch it again. Yeah, it's Sweet. a good one. Um, all right, uh, friends and even enemies of a Carlotta, we are going to take a brief, brief intermission. Da, 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 uh, we're, da, 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 da
have to go to a dentist appointment, so uh, stay tuned. I'll be your dentist. Welcome back, welcome back to Two Dudes, it's me, and it's Joey, oh, 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 you know. Welcome back, everybody. The show is bigger than Hula Hoops. (laughs) You know, these days, maybe. (laughs) I haven't seen Hula Hoops in a while, so. (laughs) 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 They've become somewhat extinct. (laughs) Hula Hoop makers, uh, I think I'm out of a job. Don't you mean extinct? (laughs) <laughs> uh shout out to, you know what shout out to, uh, to hula hoop makers and the hula hoops of the world hope you're having a good life yes um <laughs> welcome back to the show everyone this is i i forgot to mention this in the first half this i haven't said this in a long time i feel like so this is just me getting nostalgic for myself um this is another like season finale we're on season 13 this is the end of 13 we've been doing this which is it's pretty wild um but you know we say this i feel like we say this once every you know couple of weeks at this point <laughs> it's, you know we're just shocked with ourselves that we still well, do this but it's also funny too because this feels like an old episode but part of that is cause, just because we've kicked this the kick the cane on this one for so long we've literally pushed this one so far but it's nice to finally actually get to it um and speaking of getting to it, let's do it. Uh, let's get to it. I don't know. Um, what, was, what was that? Oh, you, oh this is your fighting stance. Actually, you know, what I should do is just like, pretend I'm a, my hands are a Venus flytrap. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me, Joey. I'm on the four tops. <laughs> Tough titties. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Um, if you can't tell uh, <laughs> what our second feature is by now, um, we're continuing our Steve Martin thing with my selection. Um, though this one um, isn't like as Steve Martin prominent, but he plays a very significant role in it. Um, Joe Dinny Dan. What is our second feature today? All right, our second feature is the adaptation of the off-Broadway hit from, you know, uh, Alan Menken and Howard, uh, late great Howard Ashman. This is directed by Frank Oz. You might you might know him as a Muppet. Uh, waka also, waka. Waka waka. Also, uh, this is not a big marketplace, and it's it's. You know, it's not friendly. It is a little shop of horrors. That's pretty good. I liked that. It's not my best like... one, admittedly. But you know um, what, though? I, I liked where it was going, though. I, I liked it. I liked where it was going. Um, um, yes. It is It is not a, a big store of friendliness. It's a little nope. shop of horrors. 
this is one. This is a classic movie, like a movie example of a movie where I know of it, and it's been on my watch list for a while. But I don't watch it because I want to watch it for the show. I think yeah. you might you might have this experience from time to time. Um, oh yeah, as well, uh, where you're like, okay, I know I'm going to get to this, so I'm not going to watch it until it happens for the show. There's there's definitely times like my my patience gets checked. I'm like, I kind of really want to watch this right now, but I'm going to wait a second. I want to be respectful. I'm going to respect my co-host and not watch it until the episode. <laughs> See, it's. I think I'm. I'm the opposite. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, no, but I'm like lazy. No, but that's a compliment because I'm lazy, and. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. What do you mean? What are you talking about? You don't lie, Richard. It's okay. It's... <laughs> I only say it because I too am lazy. So. <laughs> This is our. This is a kindred spirit situation. Um, but yeah, little Sh- little shop of horrors is uh, our second feature, and it's um, again, it's kind of a funny thing to think about. Uh, like the guy, the guys who made this would go on to save the Disney company. Like literally, even to this day, uh, with Alan Menken, like so many of like your favorite Disney movies like from like people from our generation even like later generations guaranteed they grew up with music made by these guys you know like yeah. do you have a, can, do you have a list of all the stuff that they've done like for Disney like, well like Howard guess, Ashman and Alan Menken well this is interesting cuz i was looking this up cuz i'm like okay how did this how did this all come about and Howard Ashman you know cuz because obviously he did stuff with Alan Menken for um, like Little Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, they let me just see if I can find it real quick on this. He was brought. He wrote in lyrics for um, uh, Oliver and Company, which I never knew until that's pretty wild. To, actually, looking up today. Um, but and he worked. It said he also worked on, on uh, with Tina Turner on a on a script which never came to fruition. Um, you know, so I don't know the full specifics on that. You might, if you know, please let me know. But yes. obviously, like the three that their like their collaboration is most known for, or the two, or I should say, the first two, Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast. Little Mermaid, effectively, Icons. starting off their Disney Renaissance, and Beauty and the Beast. I don't want to say is the peak, but like when you get a Best Picture nomination, and you're the only animated movie to get a Best Picture nomination at a time when they only nominated five stinking movies for Best Picture, that's pretty impressive. That that says something, and it, that was also no. a gigantic, gigantic hit. Um, unfortunately, Howard Ashman passed away. Um, you know, tr- you know, really fucking sucks. Um, yeah, and he some of his stuff is in Aladdin. Um, Alan Menken did the mu- did the music for Aladdin, I believe. Tim Rice did the other lyrics for Aladdin. Yeah, and I think the way someone described it to me, I don't know if it's hundred percent true. Is that like Howard handled a lot more of the comedic like lyrics and stuff like that? Which, if that's the case, makes sense given some of this like this like when um, Seymour when like there's the song with Seymour and um, uh, Audrey, Audrey Two, two Audrey Two Tui 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 has a song. It's like it definitely gave me like friend like me vibes. Oh yeah, feed me Seymour. 
feed me yeah. all night long. That's a really good song, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, but like, obviously, they're predominantly known for really, especially for our general, like the Disney, like the Disney stuff um, that they that they yeah. worked on, and that, like, again, like that's that's that that Renaissance period. It was like, it's you know, because again, people remember the Dis- old classic Disney stuff, like beautiful, colorful. The music was great. And they were sort of like the, the the pristine, like shining example. Like I think of again, bring back Beauty and Beast, I think of that as like the almost like one one of, if not the crowning jewel like achievement that they've had. And that's yeah. another movie I'd like to get on our show it's at some point. Um but yeah, but going back to Little Shop, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is one where it's it also intersects other interests because I like going to see stage shows. And this is like I was like off Broadway hit. It did play on Broadway. Probably. Played on West End. Played on Broadway. Um, but it is a after. Very pop- sorry, I, I just keep so sorry. no no. But it was no, like no. after the movie came out too. Like it became like shoof. Yeah, like a right, big right. thing. Um, and it's it's again. It's also like one that's it makes sense. Like it's a very popular community theater or like you know like school production to pull mm-hmm. off is Little Shop of Horrors. So. Um, I think that that's that, that's a pretty cool thing when a show can do that, um, but this is all. What's also interesting too is that this is uh, there's the Roger Corman little shot. I believe it's also with Jack Nicholson. Little, yeah, so <laughs> that one. I still haven't seen it actually. Not, not neither <laughs> have I. I wanted to see it, but the timing just didn't work out. Maybe we can yeah. talk about it at some point, but because um, we do like I, we do like talking about Roger Corman where we can. But oh yeah. Um, you know, so this movie, uh, for, directed by Frank Oz, who, you know, it's like, in addition to being, like, obviously, you know, people know him for Yoda, um, and being, you know, obviously, Jim Henson's, Jim Henson's buddy, and being Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, um, directed, has a, has a pretty decent directing career. He does, yeah. He actually, this is technically his second time on our show, because we did, um... We did an episode where we talked about the Dark Crystal Netflix show, the Dark uh, Age of Resistance, but yeah. we did have to bring up obviously the movie Dark Crystal, which he directed, uh, co-directed with uh, Jim Henson. Yeah. Yes. Mm. But it's funny, like, um, on that on that note with Frank Oz, like Frank Oz, I didn't realize how many movies he directed that I like loved. Like speaking of right. Steve Martin, like he directed a movie called Bowfinger mm-hmm. with uh, Eddie Murphy. That would have probably been like my other choice, I think, for this episode. Right. But I really liked this movie, and I was like, I got to show it to Joey. So yeah. So it was like, it's not like it's not prominently Steve Martin. Like Steve Martin mostly shows up in like the second act, mm-hmm. and then um, that's kind of it. But when he's there, he's like, you know, he's fantastic. Um, just um, a side side note, just to confirm earlier, uh, Ashman did the lyrics for "Friend Like Me" and "Prince Ali." Um, oh yeah, that makes sense. So, Those are good ones. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, when I first heard about this movie, I likened it, and I still feel like it fits in that ballpark. I likened it to like Rocky Horror, in that like yeah. like sort of like cult musical sort of vibes. Like obviously, Rocky Horror is like a whole like crazy different thing. Um, Little Shop of Horrors feels more in line like it definitely has like a somewhat of like a like a cult vibe to it obviously 
but it feels more in line with like what you would expect from musicals, I guess. It makes me think of Annie. Um, yeah. Because again, going back to what I was saying before, like it had a movie version. Um, it has a couple movie versions actually, but like there's that one, you know, the older movie version which was filmed at my um, my college. That was one of our claims to fame, Monmouth University. Um, and but it, again, it is a, a production where it's just like because of the size of the cast and all that you could play it at community theater and school productions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't keep bringing that up, but I think that's, that's, I think it's important though. Cause this, this feels like, um, a, a, like a small scale story. Yeah. Know? Um, which basically what they're on was uh, skid row. They call it. They're, they're living in skid row in New York city. You have, um, Rick Moranis, uh, who sat, I'm surprised this is the first time he's on our show, but I'm glad, um, he's on our show. Finally, yeah. Um, he will be showing up again pretty soon, actually. Um, but uh, love Rick Moranis. He plays uh, Seymour uh, Kelborn, who's uh, he's kind of like uh, uh, he works at this uh, flower like plant store, but he's like he's like really into plants, but specifically weird plants. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in love with uh, his coworker Audrey who uh, is played by Ellen Green, who's a returnee on our show because she plays, uh, I forget the character's name, but she's the voice of uh, 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 Sean Declare's girlfriend in, uh, in Rock-A-Doodle, <laughs> um, which is fun. I love it. Um, and she's got a very distinctive voice, and I love her voice so much, honestly. Like, you, like you the, the breathy her, lisp. <laughs> you were comparing her to um, uh, Gene Hagen as... Uh, Lena Lamont in Singing in the Rain. <laughs> Just like the distinctiveness of the voice, I think, is where I was kind of leading with. But like, yep. she's she's nicer. <laughs> she's actually yes. like kind she's in the a film. Nice person, for sure. Um, but he's in love with her. And uh, but the thing is, she's dating an abusive boyfriend uh, who's played by Steve Martin, who is uh, I forget. I forget the character's name already, um, but he's a dentist, but he does yeah. it for sed- <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's a dentist. He's um, a dentist, but like he's a sadistic one. He he's a he's literally a sadist. Oren uh, Chevero Chevello uh, Scrivello, okay. DDS. Um, DDS. Oh yeah. Listen, if you don't mention the DDS part, <laughs> listen. My dad was Doctor. a dentist, so there, there's there's <laughs> a lot of like anti dent. You just have to swallow a lot of anti dentist media. Um, so uh but it's also this is not a good reflection of dentists i'll say that no i i I don't think so but my dentists are are pretty good uh that i have now um but it was also funny too because he's like a bad boy biker as well (laughs) like his whole his whole bit for his because he gets like a villain song which is really funny um his whole thing is that like he uh as he says in the song, he's got like a weird Jeffrey Dahmer background where he likes to hurt animals. And then his mom's like, "Let's how are we going to channel this into something useful? And then he goes, I'll be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just see him like, unfor- like torture all these people. Like he keeps hitting one of the nurses every, like any chance he gets. He just hits her with a door, like clotheslines or um, just horrible. And he like tightens this kid's braces, but like harder than he needs to. He's addicted to laughing gas. 
Yeah. So like he'll 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 like have a little thing of nitrous oxide so he could like sniff it in his nose and he goes. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things also is like when you see inside the one patient's mouth, and there's like a whole like puppet. <laughs> it's like a whole yeah, <laughs> and it's just him with this giant like drill. Or I yeah. like when he goes say ah the part he's spraying water in the guy's mouth. He goes <laughs> say ah. <laughs> <laughs> Now spit. Oh but, man, like, it's so funny. But Seymour, but Seymour, Seymour has this interesting plant. Uh, he fi- he finds at a at a at another store on Skid Row, and he uh, it happened during an eclipse of this once very specific night, <laughs> and um, he's worried because the health of the plant is uh, not good. So, but he's like, maybe because it's interesting, maybe it'll get some business. And the store owner's initially like, this is stupid. And then he just sets it on the windowsill. Someone bursts in. Christopher Guest bursts in and goes, hey, I noticed you had this really interesting plant on the windowsill. (laughs) 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 And, um, um, you go ahead. No, um, but it's, but eventually we find out like this plant, which looks like a Venus, it has a taste for blood. It's a taste for blood. blood. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, must be blood. So it must get, be it, fresh. So you know, uh, Seymour spends. There's some time where Seymour is like cutting his finger, fingers, giving like you know. Giving the <laughs> he's blood literally the, the business is great. He's just dead in the corner. Just. Eh. <laughs> I love seeing like the bandaid, like the the ra- the bandages on his fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! But like, you know, uh, eventually. Uh, Audrey 2, Tui, uh, gets enough blood that it, uh, turns into this huge creature with, like, teeth and everything, and it starts talking. And, uh, that's when he's, like, basically making this deal with Seymour, like, you bring me, uh, bodies, you bring me fresh blood, and I'll give you everything you want. Right. Um... And that leads to them going, well, maybe you could kill Steve Martin <laughs> since he's a, an abusive boyfriend to this woman you love, Audrey, um, who also, on the, I, I should be noted, she also likes Seymour, but, you know, obviously she's in this relationship she can't get out of. Um, right. I also, before we forget, I want to say um, uh, the like great Levi, Levi Stubbs as, yeah, um, as Audrey, Audrey too, too. Le- lead vocalist of uh, the, four, the Four Tops. So, um, huge. He's so good. It's so, it's so good, and the pup, the puppetry, is incredible. Such a beautiful marriage of of, of, of voice performance and uh, puppetry. It's it's kind of wild how fluid the puppet is. Right. I remember that was the first thing I thought of too. Watching it was just seeing like how in sync it was and how like perfectly executed it was i think jim henson said something along those lines too in complimenting the movie like the the it's unbelievable how good it is it's yeah. like something like along the lines he said mm-hmm. um but you know when you get like frank oz who's probably had a lot of experience in this you know it's it's like andy circus taking over for venom you're like yeah i get it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah this guy knows what he's doing um, um yeah yeah but this is actually like the first time I watched this was actually, like, within this last, like, three years, like, during this, like, COVID era we're living in. 
Mm. And so, like, it was fun to actually like, get back to revisiting it, revisiting it. But um, uh, I was I was definitely curious um, what your like big takeaway was from from the whole thing because, like, you, obviously you said you you known about it. Um, you were waiting obviously for the show to watch it. Um, this was this wasn't one of those things where like I have like a huge like connection to it. I just really loved it, and I was like. I gotta show this to Joey, especially because yeah. of the Howard Ashman, Alan Menken angle, which yep. the music on that note is incredible. Well, the music um, is great, and like like we were set, like we were set, like it, like when you listen to some of their other stuff, like you know when you have like Hercules um, later on when when Menken works on Hercules, like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, some of this makes sense, and yeah. like we were saying, like some of the songs in Aladdin, you know. Um, but uh, I was definitely curious, like through going through the like like the movie like what were you feeling like through the movie and then by the end of it how do you think you can because you did because i was i was very thankful getting that letterbox review that that you actually got a kick out of it because i felt like this would definitely be something you'd be into but i do like this movie um the cast is all is all very good obviously rick Rick moranis uh you know is is perfect i think you were saying like we were saying like um he's like a dweeby sweeney todd (laughs) yeah it's just like he, he needs he needs bodies and there's there's blood, but you know it doesn't go about it the same way, obviously, and it's a little it's goofier. No, um, that he actually like the 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 romance is actually like two sided, not too, and, yeah. yeah. You do it, get the that, the suddenly that's green, which is like a by the sea in a way too with Ellen that, Green's character. That helps a lot too because I'm like you know if she wasn't into it, I could totally see like this is like like incel vibes. Seymour's like, oh, I'm such a nice guy syndrome. Oh, I'm such a nice guy. Why can't, you know, I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Though these Um, days, they're just getting goofier and getting songs still, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Well, you know what? At least it's like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I'm Uh, just Seymour. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it anymore. I'm just Seymour. (laughs) um yeah uh it was was a good time um the like i loved the production design i think that was really my biggest oh yeah because it it was i think it was both idealized but also dirty um when they're on skid row like it's it's it felt like a place but it was also like it felt like a slight extension of like a stage like Mm -hmm. like some like look at looking at it i'm like Okay, this is kind of cool. I also liked the, um, uh, sorry, Audrey's like sort of I want song, uh, where she's like envisioning that life with Seymour. Uh, I mm-hmm. sort of appreciated like sort of like the, the very stylized um, nature of that, like the house is yeah. pretty flat and you just have like the, you know, the grass. Um, Somewhere that's like, green. Yeah, like that That was really cool. Obviously, we talked about, about, talked about the puppet. Um, and there's a lot of just there's a lot of just funny moments and obviously like comedic actors just pop, like John Candy's in this John Candy um, with his haircut that was weird. <laughs> so no, because like I remember going to my barber and there's like a an old like uh, haircut like demonstration thing from like 80s or 90s and it reminded me of a very specific haircut where I looked at that and went why I don't care who you are <laughs> who in their right mind would get this haircut. <laughs> and then your answer came in this movie. My answer came. 
My answer came. Because uh, cause he's, he's all about weird. <laughs> like, he kept going, the weird. And then, like, whenever, like, Seymour's just weirded out, he just goes, microphone. Microphone. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, I got this plant. But I you love know, when they're in, like, they're in that it room and there's, like, all those, all these, like, strange characters. Like, there's a nun, like, a nun, like, du- like a dummy <laughs> And the guy with a like a it was like you were like like a like a flight machine, <laughs> <laughs> and then like just this random old lady with a box that had chains around it. You're like, what's in that? What's like all the things that you could be thinking about? Um, Listen, that's spinoff potential right there. If this, <laughs> like, this yes, <laughs> the old lady with the chain box will return. <laughs> they just the, CGI um, the old lady. Yeah. <laughs> <later>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! You know they just find that old, like scenes of that old lady in other random movies, and they just stitch it together, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid style. Um, <laughs> just like, what's in that box, old lady? <laughs> it's just like random, random ass scenes. Um, but this this one this one's a lot of fun. And I, I did I did like a lot of, a lot of the songs. Um, mm-hmm. You know the the ending was kind of just like whatever but like there was apparently like another like ending to this that was like you know that they put out i think on like the blu-ray or something but it was it was like you know it was it was more from what i from what i know i don't know i don't remember what the ending was but i i know that it was more in line with the stage show right but um they did it for the movie uh it was like this 23 minute alternate ending i might i may have seen it before but i i just can't remember it exactly because i remember just watching this ending which is like a very happy like oh you know kind of ending yeah um whereas like because there's listen there's a lot of stuff to think about with like how things played out because like you know like seymour yeah he's a good guy but like some of his actions are a little bit you know (laughs) Like, questionable like, like you, know, you know like listen like like with with the dentist like he kind of you know just didn't do much uh as, as this <laughs> guy was just you know choking <laughs> like there's definitely it definitely you know i would be curious to watch the original ending at some point because I, I may have already done it but i just i sincerely don't remember um, but it's definitely the ending in the in the show on the stage show musical. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but they did it for the movie, but I guess test audiences didn't like it, so they changed it to this like happier ending. But yeah. I'm glad that it, it's at least available to um, to like people if they want to like pick up the Blu-ray or or whatever. Which you know, I it might be available because like I know I have it on Vudu, so it might be available with like a streamer version, but. At the end of the day, just get the Blu-ray because it'll we it'll have it, it on there. Yeah, we watched it on Max, and it it was ju- it was just the the regular you know yeah the regular ending. Um, but again, it's like it said, it was put on on Blu-ray. So yeah, like you said, check out probably check that one out. Um, it needs a 4K. I'll be honest, because like can you like as much as that? I'm sure that Blu-ray looks fantastic. But like, like a lot of the like the the shots, the coloring, like the way everything looks, like it, it's a really great looking movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Like, like the the use of shadow, like it really like like is obviously it's musical. Obviously, it's silly. 
Um, but it really leans into like the horror element and it does a lot of really great stuff from like that standpoint. Like I love the shot of Seymour chopping up uh, Steve Martin with an ax and then like his boss finding him and like, or like anytime the like narrator singers or whatever, like the sort of like, um, I, I got, I don't know. I, I don't know. What the, Greek, the, the Greek chorus, the um, Greek chorus sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like anytime they show up, they all have these like amazing dresses and you know, they're shot really well. Like, like, like you were saying, like the production design, um, as well, like everything about it, like, it, it's just a really great looking movie as well. Yeah. It's got heaps of style and it's just, like, I watched this movie just out of pure curiosity. Cause I remember like, you know what? I've seen, I've seen like a handful of musicals. I'm in a musical mood. I've wanted to watch this for a while. I'm going to give it a watch. And, uh, I watch it and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this feels like it was made for me in a weird way. Yeah. Like this definitely has that energy that I like to find in movies. Like it's inherently silly, but also like, um, it's really styly. It's really styled and it's, everyone's having a lot of fun in it. Um, it made me think of like it even made me think of like watching Clue, or something, mm. and and that I thought you know it'd be funny as like similar to what uh, I was talking about with the Barbenheimer episode. I thought it'd be funny if like a sort of spiritual follow up to this would be like we do a Tim Curry episode and it's like Clue and Rocky Horror. Yeah, I think that would be kind of funny actually. Um, but I, I I definitely knew because of the the music. I had to show this to you because it is sort of like we were saying earlier, it is incredibly wild to like watch this movie that feels like a cult movie that, you know, features these musicians that are so responsible for like both of our childhoods and many other childhoods. Right. And like you, like it's, you just never would really expect that inherently. I feel, you know, like no. you, like you don't think, cause like, you know, I, I think a good example is like, um, the, the the people that did frozen like the music for frozen you're not immediately thinking oh you mean the people that did book of mormon and avenue q (laughs) right i I would not have thought of that at all but then it's like they did disney and you're like i because like like lin-manuel miranda i could believe like like transferring to disney and doing a lot of disney stuff right in a certain respect but like i think of the i think of some of these other guys it's 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 just kind of wild in a way. Yeah. Mm. No, it, that's actually a really good point. Um, like, it, but but again, it, it's just, there's just like these weird things with some of these Disney things. Like um, the directors of, the co- the directors of Beauty and the Beast, uh, they did Cranium Command. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> they animated segments of Cranium Command, which was a, now like a defunct thing at their, um, uh, at, at the, at the, um, what am I, why am I forgetting the name? The, um. The Wonders of Life Pavilion, you know, which is like, was supposed to become something, and then Disney has not said anything about it for a long time, so that building is still just there. It's still just (laughs) an Epcot. (laughs) Nobody's really using it. It's probably their storage, you know. I know at one point, because that had the attraction Body Wars, which is sort of like Star Tours, but in the body. And I always remember I was hearing something that, they when they were testing out the new start when they updated Star Tours from like the original they tested it at at the Body Wars oh, um, attraction okay. uh, and I think that's 
yeah, hasn't really been used, obviously. So, but it, go, going off of that, yeah, it, it's just kind of funny where it's like, oh yeah, this is this person came from this, and then yeah. they, got, they got they went they got promoted to this. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, you're like, where did this come from? But like, you hear the music though, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you it know, makes you, th- this tracks. Yeah. yeah, like it's and again, same with um, uh, who are the composers that did Frozen before I? Because I'm I keep forgetting their names. I know one of them is maybe uh, the, like Lope. Lope. Lopez, Lopez. Um, I had it up. Uh, Thank you. No, no, yeah, no worries. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Rob, Robert and Christian, Christ, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. Okay, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's funny because like you listen to the music in Frozen, but then you go back and listen like Book of Mormon even, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, Book of Mormon, you know, has that, like, you know, Matt Stone, Trey Parker energy as well. But, like, or even, like, Avenue Q, you listen to the music from that, you're like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Plus, you know, it helps that Josh Gad's in Frozen (laughs) and in Book of Mormon. (laughs) So you can, like, like Olaf is singing about how he's going to baptize someone, but it's sexual. Uh, I can't, I've never baptized someone before. <laughs> you you will never be able to hear I'm Olaf and I like warm hugs the same way ever again. No, especially not after listening to that song. <laughs> especially with the the splashing sound and he goes, I just baptized her. She got doused by Heavenly Father. <laughs> Oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're, you're you're good. It is really um, good music, though, admittedly. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I like I do like that. Um, similar to what we were talking about with um, the the Hugo artist episode, I like that. Again, it's like it's worth looking at things that you love and like tracing the history of like some of the people involved because then you might find something else you love. Yeah. So like. You know, if, like we're big Disney fans. Last thing we're gonna think is like, oh wait, they did Little Shop of Horrors, and then right. it, like each song's like a banger, you know. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, it gets referenced in other things. Like you know, we were talking. I was mentioning the Family Guy thing, you know, with uh, yeah. Her- Her- <laughs> Herbert, the old like pervert guy, and Chris. Hey Richard, <laughs> how you doing, Richard? <laughs> but like, then you think, oh wait. His voice is quite a similar <laughs> to Alan Green in this movie. <laughs> and then, of course, they they sang their own version of that song. Chris Griffin, he knows best. <laughs> and, it's, and it's... I'm just thinking back to, like, in uh, Blue Harvest when he was Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Oh, no, John Williams! We're gonna have to get this scored by Danny Elfman. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it is that is a good point. It's always nice to like trace back again. Like we talk about that curiosity. I think. Yes. Um, also, like going back and connects back to um, uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, where you know, obviously, it is it's a black and white movie, which even for 1982 is not something that yeah. happened all the time I and mean, there's black and white movies but like yeah. but even the e- even the picture on voodoo advertising the movie was in color which was so like weird it, it's to, very to strange see. yeah it's it's like you're, you're misrepresenting the whole thing <laughs> yeah it's like what no that's not what it looks like stop it 
whereas I looked at the poster of Little Shop, I'm like, this is exactly, um, this is exactly what this this is. This, there's no, yeah. There's no reference. There's no, yeah. There's no no misrepresentation in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, again, with, with plaid, it's like you know, like the the trappings of of noir, and then also you have to learn. About, oh, hey, these the different people that they used. Check out their mm-hmm. check out their movies. Um, like they you know, like they I, bring up Double Indemnity, and that just got a you know release in the Criterion Collection. I watch that. That's a great movie. It's a fantastic another movie. It's so good. Up, um, on our show at some point because I love Edward G. Robinson in that. That's the one thing Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid is missing is Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, see? This golden calf is our new god, see? I have a little man here. (laughs) (laughs) I have a little man here. (laughs) Yeah, Seymour, feed me. Yeah. Mother of mercy, is this the end of Audrey (laughs) 2? Just a little, now I'm just picturing, like, instead of the golden calf, it's golden Audrey, too. (laughs) (laughs) I almost thought for a second you were going to say a golden Edward G. Robinson. You know what? That, too. Like, if we had a Two Dudes Award, it would just look like Peter Laurie. It'd be a special award. It'd be like the Peter Laurie Award and the Edward G. Robinson Award. Oh, yes. I, (laughs) I really like this idea. Oh my god, that reminds me, you gotta see Mad Monster Party, because they have a parody of Peter Lorre, who's just a complete, like, pervert. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and he's a zombie. He's like, that makes oh, all of that. Yes, I love this lady. <laughs> all of that rings true. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes back to Little Shop, because the character that is like a Jimmy Stewart, like, parody, and he works for this shop, that the guy's like, I hate you, why are you still work? I hate that you work for me. You're the only employee... <laughs> It's like a dweeb, like Rick Moranis in Little Shop. <laughs> Dweeby, sweetie Todd. <laughs> Having to chop up bodies. Yeah. You know, at least he, at least he's not a dentist. I'll be a dentist. You'll be a dentist. <laughs> Listen, the only time, I'll say this, this is my last thing I'll say about dentists. The only time I ever had any adverse, any like, um, um, adversity to to dentists, any any sort of angst towards dentists was when I worked at my last, not the job I have now, but my last job. We were right next to a dentist office, and we had a very small parking lot. We had our oh. side; they had their side. The dentists would always park on our side, and this dude had this big old expensive like SUV. Would park it with his ass in our in our window. It would say like, um, because he went to Ohio State. I'm imagining. It would say OSU uh, dentist or OSU doctor or whatever. And I'm like, I hate you. (laughs) I hate everything about you. But that's not a good representation of dentists. Dentists are there to help you and help your teeth and make them healthy and shiny. Listen, Not this dentist, though. It's a highly specialized field. When you think about it, it's kind of wild. Um, Just don't be an ass and park in the other parking lot. You got your own parking lot. Yeah, like stay in your... (laughs) dicks uh Uh. anyway anyway (laughs) folks folks what is your favorite uh steve martin film and why is it cheaper by the dozen two if Uh, it's not cheaper by the dozen two then why is it um father of the bride part two or why is it the father of the bride uh snl um (laughs) that they did or why is it one episode not the whole thing just one episode 
of only murders in the building. <laughs> or why is it Pink Panther? I mean, because Pink Panther, listen. Listen, that one's just, we love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk about that I'm big Alright, I have a jumburgers. You have what? Just some ant daughters. I have an ant daughter down on six. I have an ant daughter down on six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, to friends of Carlotta, to enemies of Carlotta, and to aspiring dentists out there, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. I still don't know what that means.